Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Sometimes Christianity or living for God is viewed in some, some big picture that's almost unattainable when you look at it in mass. But I couldn't help but think of the words as Sister Donna was singing, and it's my, my motto for living for God is one step at a time. If you'll just get up every day and make a point to do the best you can for that day, And then he'll give us strength for that day. And then tomorrow when we wake up, we start all over again. And I'm thankful that he gives new strength every day, a fresh anointing. Turn with me, if you will, this evening to the book of John, chapter 15. John, chapter 15. Give honor to my pastor this evening. As always, it's an honor to stand behind this desk. We're going to begin reading with verse 1. We find here in this 15th chapter of John that that Jesus is talking to the disciples, the, the end per se, or actually I would refer to it as the beginning. Calvary is not far away and he's trying to relay a message and get them to understand what it truly means to be in a relationship with him. You know, if we're going to be successful or if we're going to be productive in our walk with God, you've got to have a relationship. You've got to be connected with Him. And you've got to make sure that whenever you call on Him or whenever you need Him in the darkest hour, that He hears and knows your voice. And if we're not in a relationship with Him, He's not going to recognize when we call him and when we're in need. Book of John chapter 15 and verse 1, Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Everybody say more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. Father, I love you, and I'm thankful that you've given us the privilege to gather into this holy house God, I'm asking for the next few minutes that you anoint our hearts and our minds and I'm asking you to sear this word, Lord, into our spirit. It's this word that brings strength. It's this word that brings power. And it's this word that brings your salvation. And I'm thankful for the grace and mercy. We give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. Turn to your neighbor before you're seated and say, you make church better. 
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Church just isn't the same if you're not here. Amen. Every, every facet in life from, from nature to the ecological structure to us as humans and, and animals and every development of life, we all have one thing in common. And that is that we are in relationship. We're at every season, every, every intersection, every juncture, every road in our life, from the beginning to the end, we always find ourselves in some kind of relationship. As children, we have childhood friends. As we begin to mature, we have first loves or, or, or puppy love, if you will, but it's a relationship. We have relationships with our parents. And then as we grow older and find that, that one that we love and commit to, we have a relationship with a spouse. And we find that here Jesus is talking to the disciples in one of his, what would be his final messages, and it took place before the fulfillment of the prophecy of the crucifixion, but he was trying to convey the message of them, and he was imparting some words and encouragement and he was going to, he's letting them know that you're going to face some afflictions. Because you live for me, because you choose to take on my name, you're going to, you're going to have to endure some things in the days to come. And if, if you're going to be successful, if you're going to make it beyond these things that the world is going to come against you with, you're going to have to have a relationship with me. And that's what I want to talk about this evening is the power of, of the relationship. You see, without power, the relationship is useless. If I have no power in my relationship with him, not only am I wasting my time, but I'm wasting his time. And we have to understand, to get the power, it takes a whole lot of word in us to be able to face what the devil intends to bombard us with. It takes the word of Jesus. See, he was conveying the importance of relationship between them and the Father, and he was, he was, if you will, drilling into them the understanding that they were no longer of this world. And because they were not of this world, see, the world would turn against them. That's why he called us a peculiar people, and he told us to come out. And when, we're, when we come out, we are separating ourselves. And when we separate ourselves from the world, make no mistake about it, the world will turn against us. We may not see it fully and completely now, but, but as the end grows near and when, and when we grow, go further into these last days, we're going to see just how strongly the world is going to turn against the people of the name. And if we don't have a relationship, if we're not established in the word and in the name, we're, we're not going to make it. We've got, we've got to commit ourselves to him because he knew that what the disciples were about to face, some of them were going to face hanging, some would face a crucifixion, there would be those that would have to make a trip to the, to the gallows and beheadings, and because of their relationship with him, they were going to have to endure these things, and he was trying to let them know the importance of having power, of having the power. Whenever you and I stand and, and we proclaim the name of Jesus or or whenever we profess that we're born again of water and of spirit, whenever, whenever we say we've been filled with the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking in tongues, we literally place a target on our back. 
You may, you, may, you may misunderstand me tonight and say, Jerry, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm telling you in the end, when it's all said and done with, we will suffer for the name. And if we're not in a relationship, if we're not in a real relationship with Jesus Christ, we're not going to make it. And that's why it's so imperative that the children of God get out of the mindset. You know, all across this this country, all across this world, there's a mindset that as long as I go to church on Sunday, I'm going to be all right. But just like Sister Donna was saying, it's one step at a time. It's one, we got to have this every day. I need more than Sunday morning church. I, I need Wednesday night night for living. I need men's fellowship, Brother Donnie. And I need, I need ladies' prayer because if I'm going, if I'm going to be successful and I, if I'm going to be productive in the kingdom, I've got to have power in the relationship. And I've got to be involved in the kingdom. See, you can't be in a real relationship with Jesus Christ if you're not involved in his kingdom. Now, coming to church is not kingdom work. Hear me. Hear me for a minute. We get our assignment, and we receive our orders. We receive strength. We receive anointing. But attending church does not mean that we're doing a work for God. You see, in Jesus' days, there were plenty there were plenty in the temple, plenty coming to see what was going on. But that's why he said the harvest is plenty and the labors are few because the harvest is not here in the church. The harvest is outside of these walls. And when we're, when we're working for the kingdom, we're not attending church. Don't misunderstand the importance of church. I'm, I'm not diminishing that. But what I'm saying, if, we, if we're going to be in real relationship, he said, if you love me, obey my commandments. And he's commanded us to go. We've got to understand the power of a relationship. Our relationship with him is, is where we get our anointing. It's where we get our word. Without his word, you know, pastor, pastor speaks all the time about having the word in our heart. And if we don't have that word rooted, uh, we're not going to make it. We just can't have an ev- average every now and then relationship and be successful in the kingdom. But our relationship has to be so strong with him that that power is in us. You know, in Acts 1 and 80, I'm going to give you some power. The power he was talking about is the relationship we have when, when, we're, when we're one-on-one with him. And that's, that's what makes the difference in the people of the name. That's, that's what makes the difference is the power. You know, there are a lot of people, a lot of people who have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but when he's everything, when he, when he consumes us, when he's front and center, when, when our whole lives revolve around him, that's when we, we have the power. And, and one relates to another, and it has everything to do with the function of the productivity. You, you cannot have reproduction where there is no power in the relationship. We can't do nothing for the kingdom without the anointing of God. We've got to have his, when we leave here, when we go to our, to our chosen field or we go to our call, wherever, whatever that may be, we, we can't be successful without the anointing. Oh, we can go and go through the rituals. We all know how to sing and we all know how to dance a little and we all can read a scripture or two. But if we don't have the anointing of God, 
See, that's, that's the difference. That's the difference when we take this to wherever we go. And see, people feel the difference. When we step into a nursing home or when we step into an assisted living facility or when we step behind the fence at a prison, they always tell, and I don't say this boastfully, but they always tell us there's something different about y'all. I, we can't figure it out, but there's something different. Well, the difference is the anointing of God. When we go forth, we carry the anointing of God. And, and without a relationship... Without a right relationship, we don't have that anointing. And Jesus, in verse 5, he's, he's trying to drive home the point when he says, I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He's talking about a relationship. And if, if you don't understand your relationship or your place with God, you'll find yourself trying to do what only God can do. See, there's things that have to take place in our walk with God, things that have to take place in our life we can't do. Only God can do. Many people, many people stay confused and, and discouraged and they're unable to participate in the kingdom because they're spending a lot of time trying to do what God should be doing. We won't step aside long enough and let, and let God do the things. They try to bless themselves. They try to heal themselves. They try to solve their own problems and answer their own questions. And if we would step out of the way long enough, to let God do what he wants to do. Have you ever seen somebody, I've raised my hand, I've tried to do things without the anointing of God. I've, I've went forth and tried to do something with all good intentions without the anointing of God. And as I said earlier, you can get through the motions, but it doesn't work. You're not successful. It, it won't produce any fruit. He said, I'm the vine. I'm the vine and you're the branches, but we've got to, Stay connected. If we're going to get power, if the branch is going to live, it's got to stay connected to the vine, and we got to trust him. He promised he'd supply all of our needs. He promised us he'd never leave us nor forsake us. And the important thing is that we have a godly connection, not, not a connection with the church, but a connection with God. And, and let me pause right here and be very clear. Sometimes it's so easy to get connected with the idea of church. Now, we've got to be connected to the body. We're, we're part of the body. We're part of the bride. And we've got to be connected to the church, but we need to be connected to the organism of the church, what the function of the church really is. Not, not, not connected to the organization, but when we're, when we're really connected to the church, we're connected to what God is really doing, not connected to the flow or to any position, or, but, but connected to God. You know, Saul, Saul was so worried about position, and he was so concerned with who did what and what's going on and, and who sung this song and who sung that song and who's going to, to preach on Sunday. We can't be concerned with what takes place. What we've got to be concerned with is getting to the house so we can receive the power. We, can, we can't get caught up. You know, I, I get, it's plumb comical sometimes when we'll have a, a powerful move of the Holy Ghost and there's 150 people in the house and at the end of the service, you hear conversations like, well, it was hot in there, well, it was cold in there and, and when what really should have been going, I'm, I'm glad if, if my T-shirt ain't wet when I go home, something's wrong. Now, I realize I bounce around a little bit more than most people do. But I don't want to be concerned with everything that's going on around me. What I'm concerned with is coming in the house and receiving something from God. 
he was explaining the relationship. And what we have to remember is that this saying originally pertained to the Jews. See, this was originally, this relationship and this power was for Jews. It was not for the Gentiles. Everyone that was born a Jew had a right to this. And see, that means you and I wouldn't have had a right because we're, we're Gentiles. But, but we've got to remember in Romans 11 and 17, and if some of the branches be broken off and thou be in a wild olive tree. How many was a wild olive tree? Were graft in among them and with them partakest of the root and the fatness of the olive tree. What the scripture's saying is there is, is we may be Gentiles, but because, because of the price he paid on Calvary and because of the relationship that he's established, you and I have the right to become a part of the body of Jesus Christ. See, Israel was broken off the vine for a season. The Jews for a season had to be, had to be cut off. And, and that allowed us the opportunity to be grafted into, the, into Jesus Christ, into his relationship. The word grafted means, simply means to insert or to, or to transplant or, or to splice. And when you graft something... You would have to take the bark of the tree and kind of skin it back and expose, expose the tree without the bark on it. Then you would have to make a cut or an incision in that tree. And when you do that, you can take a, a branch or, or a limb and you can insert that into the incision that you've made. And it's the, it's the cells of the tree that, that eventually grow and, and collapse around that, and then it becomes one. It becomes a part. For a season, they're separate. But once you do the grafting process, they become a part, and they're one. And Isaiah knew exactly what was going to take, play, to take place when he prophesied. In Isaiah 53 and 5, he said, But he was wounded for our transgression, bruised for iniquities, chastisement of the people was upon him, and with the stripes he was healed, but he was wounded. You see, God had a plan all along from the very beginning to graft you and I in. You know, that's what took place. We think of the Roman soldier as being, being cruel and inhumane, but he was really fulfilling prophecy. When he thrust the spear into Jesus' side, if you will, he made an incision. And when he made that incision... That allowed you and I to be grafted. That allowed you and I to become a part of the body of Christ. We was able to have a relationship because of that. And because of that, we, re we receive blessings and we receive the covenant of Abraham and we receive the Acts 2.38 message. It, it, it's for all. That's why he said when it's for you and all your children, that, that's part of the relationship. That's part of, part of being grafted in because you don't have to just be a Jew anymore. It, it's for everybody. Because of what he done, it's for everybody and whosoever will. We've got to understand that we're not blessed today. We're not blessed even though we may have a fine home or a nice car or a good job. We're not blessed for that reason, but we're blessed because we're part of the vine. My strength comes from the vine. My power comes from the vine, and, and my joy comes from the vine. This, this Holy Ghost that I have, it comes from the vine. And I'm privileged and, and honored tonight to be a part of the vine. Now, when we are a part of the vine, we have a relationship, and since we have developed this relationship, there's some requirements to be made. There's some requirements to be met. At the conclusion of our service Sunday,
a gentleman approached me, and I, I don't want to use the word challenge, but uh, I was preaching about except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter, and I was preaching about repentance and, and how we have to be baptized in the name and, and how we have to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And he said, Jerry, what you're speaking of is you're speaking of works. And we're not saved by works, but we're saved by faith. And I said, well, if you'll, if you'll locate that in your Bible, he was speaking to a church that was already saved. He was speaking to a church that had already, had already received the plan of salvation. But if we, if we back up to what I said earlier, he said, if you, if you love me, you've got to keep my commandments. And he's, he's given us some commandments. He said, except a man be born of water and of spirit. We cannot. And we've got to obey what God has called us to do because he never intended for us to, to be called into the kingdom and sit unproductive. He wants us to be productive. He wants us to go. He said in his word here in John 15, he wants us to go from fruit to more fruit to much fruit. He said in verse 2 that every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. We've got to be fruit bearers or we run the risk of be take, being taken away from the body. We don't have to waste energy on trying to fix something that can't be fixed by us. We've got to let God fix it. The reason why he takes it away is because it robs the other branches. You ever watch God remove, remove something from our life? God ever removed something from your life and you're wondering, you know, I was really, really kind of attracted to that, God. I was fond of that. Why, why did you take that from me? Because when God removes something from our life, he's taking it because it's robbing us from being productive and producing fruit. And every branch that beareth fruit purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. The word purgeth means simply to prune or, or to cut back. You know, when you, when you have a fruit tree or, a, or, or any type of shrubs in the, in the yard, you have to prune them or cut them back so they'll grow and be more bushier and prettier. And you, you can't be like me because sometimes I, when I prune one, I just like to cut it off at the ground. You know, and then it can do what it will. My wife works so hard to have flowers, and I come along with diesel fuel and round up in a chainsaw. You know, and what took six years to, to produce, I can ruin in about 20 minutes. But if we're going to be productive, sometimes God's got to take some things away. Sometimes he's got to cut some, cut some things out of our life. And, you know, things are going good. Things are going all right. We're moving forward, and all of a sudden, snap. God cuts us back. And we're thinking to ourselves, God, I, I had a good job, and, and, and now what happened? My, my truck was running good. I had money in my pocket. What, what's happened, God? Why, why, why is this taking place? And God's saying, I've got to trim some things back. I've got to cut some things back because you've got to understand that it's about me, and it's about having power in the relationship. And he's got to sometimes adjust some things in our life. And now that everything is, seems to us to have gone awry or, or, or gone backwards, and that's when we really have to trust God. You know, it's easy. It's easy to come in here and shout and jump and holler and carry on when, when everything's going all right and all the bills are paid. But when things are going in reverse in our life, sometimes it's hard to, to pry ourselves up. And sometimes it's hard to get ourselves motivated it's easy 
It's easy to praise God when we're moving forward, but when we're moving backwards, that's when the question arises. You know, when we've got a lot of fruit and we're producing fruit, things are good. But when all the fruits fell off the tree and laying on the ground rotten, sometimes it gets discouraging. And that's when the question comes, can we stay connected? Can we, can we keep power in the relationship while he's doing the pruning and while he's, he's cutting back? You know, I'm so guilty sometimes of, of spending so much energy on trying to keep something that God has purged. You know, God's tried to take something from me because he knew what was best. The reason so many people sometimes become discouraged or, or stressed out in their walk with God is because they're being pruned or they're being cut back and they fail to understand that, that even though God takes something away, he's always going to give something back. God's never going to take something from us without giving something back. And we've got to remember, though we may be blessed and though we may be productive now, He's got to prune us back. He's got to take some things away because fruit is only seasonal. Fruit's only seasonal. You know, I, I don't know much about very many fruits, but I know a lot about watermelons. And we spend a lot of time. We started in, in October preparing, herring, breaking ground, getting fertilizing. Now we're in the process of of hooking up water for irrigation, and we're in the process of, of, of laying plastic. We will spend almost eight months preparing for harvest. And we have, about a, we have a small window of about 21 to 26 days to harvest what we spent eight months preparing. Sometimes we've got we, to fast and we've got to pray and we spend months and months on our face before God and, and we're pleading and begging with God and we're sweating and, and, and the blood's flowing and the tears are flowing and we're saying, God, we, we need you. We're, we're trying to do something here. Help us. And then, then harvest time comes along and he allows us to, to produce some fruit for a season. But when that production is over, he's got to start over. He's got to cut back, and it's time to start over and do it all over again. And if we could understand the power of release. You know, sometimes blessings come into our life, blessings like, like people or, or, or job or, or financial blessings. They come at a particular season or a particular intersection in our life to help us. And then when that's over, God takes them away. You ever had something you really valued in your life? Perhaps a person. God took them from you, God removed them, or whether they moved on or, or whatever the situation may be, and you look back and you wonder, God, why, why, did, you, why did you take that from me? Why did, you, why did you remove that relationship from me? And if we will pause long enough to look at what God did, he placed the, the circumstance or the individual in our life to help us through that season, to help us, to help us climb over that mountaintop that we were struggling with and would have never made it without the help of, of the individual or the, without the help of the job or the financial blessing. But God, God, he wants us to understand that even, even when he prunes us and even when he cuts us back, he's doing it so we can be more fruitful. You know, I, I didn't accomplish all I wanted to in 2013. I'm confident whatever I do accomplish in 2014, 
I want to do more in 15 and 16. I, I'm not happy. I'm, I'm not completely satisfied with where our, our prison ministry is and where our outreach is, and I, I want to grow. I don't want to stay right here. I'm happy where we are, but I, I want to grow, and if, if we're going to grow, God's got to do some trimming, and God's got to cut back, and if we can understand the power of release and get to the point that we trust God, whenever friends go, whenever relationships go, when, whenever, whenever money goes, if we can hold fast to the promise of God. You know, it takes a lot of faith. Matter of fact, it takes great faith to be able to let something go that you're completely comfortable with, something that you've grown accustomed to, something that you, you're used to being having it around all the time. It, it, it takes a strong relationship. I'll tell you this evening, what it takes is a relationship with some power. Because if we don't have the power of God in our relationship, he's going, to, he's going to need to take some things from us, and we're not going to turn them loose because we don't have enough faith. I want to have enough faith and enough power that when God feels like he needs to take something from me, he can take it without me grumbling and complaining. As our musicians come... I want to bring to a point what I believe that Jesus was, was trying to get to when he talked about being the vine and, and, and the disciples being the branches. He was, he was trying to drive home a point and he needed them to understand something. John, if we could move down in the same chapter to verse 15, he said, Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I want you to look right here. But I have called you friend. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. In other words, from this point on, after all this pruning, after all this cutting back, after all the tears and, and all the crying and all the frustration, God said, this is where I need you to be and this is where I've been trying to bring you to. And now that you're at this place with me, I'm going to call you friend. He said, I had to take you through servanthood to see if you would stay. See, God wants to, if you will, sometimes test our faith and test our strength. See, He, he wants to see if, if we would still say if we would still say when if we would still stay when people talked about us, would we still praise him when when people ridiculed us? Would we still sing when we were shunned by others? And, and he had to see if we would endure hardship. Sometimes it's just a test. But he's saying, I no longer call you servant. But when you keep me, when you keep the power in the relationship, he said, I'm calling you friend, and I'm going to let you know about some things that my father knows about. You see, when, when you're a servant, you're just, you're, you're just functioning without really knowing the mindset of God. God says, now you're my friend. He said, now that we have a relationship and now that that relationship has grown, I'm going to start revealing some things to you. Things that you didn't understand when I was pruning and when I was cutting back, I'm going to allow you to see while I was doing that because you see, I, I want much more fruit out of you and, and I'm going to show you some things now. See, when, when we know the secrets of the Lord, things that you know used to bother us, they don't really seem to bother us anymore. We can, we can have some bad news and still have joy. You know, 
This may seem simple to some, but there's no greater feeling in the world than busting my hand or mashing my finger and being able to say, praise the Lord. You know, there, there's, there's something to say about having joy and peace in hard times. I'm thankful, and if it wasn't for power, if it wasn't for Holy Ghost, now sometimes when I bust my hand, it tests the Holy Ghost, but, but, but I'm thankful because when we know the secrets of the Lord, things just, they don't seem to bother us. We're, we're troubled on every side, but we're not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. And we're persecuted, not forsaken. We're cast down, but that really doesn't matter because we know that no weapon formed against us will prosper. As we stand across this house this evening, we have to understand that our relationship not only means everything to us, but it means everything to Him. Brother Rayleigh refers to it all the time about God coming into the garden, the cool of the evening, looking for Adam and to walk with Adam. And that is really the design and the plan of God with every one of our lives. He wants a relationship. You know, in Scripture, He said, that the rocks would cry out. So that tells me that he desires, he desires. Revelations 4 and 11 said that we were created. We were created for his pleasure. And it's the Lord's delight and it's the Lord's pleasure that he has a relationship, not an average relationship, not an every now and then relationship. You know, the greatest thing about being married to my wife is that our relationship is phenomenal. It's out of this world. Now, do I get on our nerves? Absolutely. But we don't have an average everyday relationship. We got something special. And I want something special with God. I don't want, I don't want mundane and I don't want ordinary. But I want to know that I've got power because as long as I've got the power of the relationship, which is Him, which is Jesus, make no mistake about it, if we've got Jesus, we've got power. Lift our hands across this house today and let's thank Him. Let's thank Him for the power and let's thank Him for what He's done in our life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We love you, Lord. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.